You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the All About Real Estate edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host and friend, Todd Schneck. First, I want to kick things off by saying Happy New Year. Holy cow, it is 2022. I just cannot believe it. It was like the 1900s when we started this thing, right? <laughs> it must feel that way to you. You keep you know, making references. I just feel like it was yesterday, Todd, not the 1900s. Well, we are <laughs> having fun, so time is flying. Wow. Well, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, I'm excited to be joined in studio by Jeremy Crawford. He's the president of FMLS, and he always has amazing trends and stats to share. And so we're just going to kick it off. I'm going to say, welcome, Jeremy. Give us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll just dive in from there. Yeah, you bet. Thank you so much, Carol. Uh, Happy to be leading at the helm here of FMLS. We're Atlanta's premier multiple listing service. We now have over 56,000 brokers and agents using our service. Yeah, we've grown over 15% in the last year. And we're now the fourth largest MLS in the nation. But we have brokers from every single state in the United States. And we have brokers now from Mexico and Canada and even some other countries that are licensed in the state when they're looking at all those vacation properties out there. Similar to the one you just released, the new Georgia record of $27.5 million. I saw that come across the wire this morning. (laughs) Uh, Great job on that news announcement, Carol. Yeah, it's crazy that a house sold for that much in, in Georgia, isn't it? It's a beautiful home, though. Absolutely gorgeous home. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to live there. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Maybe they'll, they might not even notice if we move in. The place is huge. Yeah, I'll hide away in that 3,000 bottle wine cellar that you highlighted. Exactly. Yeah. You know, probably a wing you guys could just stow away and live in without any notice. They'd never know we're there. <laughs> Tell us what's going on with real estate. Where do you think we are as we kind of kick off this new year? Uh, What's your assessment? Uh, What's the state of the industry? Yeah, and Happy New Year to all the great listeners. Appreciate them being back once again. And hopefully we have some new ones on this time to to kick off the new year. You know, Todd, I always like to, to talk about the stats and talk about the data and what we really saw last year. Kind of paved the way for 2022. I know we've done a couple of shows where many of the economic predictions that we were hearing about for 2021 was going to be a little bit of a slowdown compared to 2020. We came out of 2020 super hot and thought, well, we're going to plateau. We're going to slow down. And we hit Q4 of 2021, and and it hasn't slowed down, surprisingly, for everyone from that perspective. And so I've got some great stats to talk about. Um, Bloomberg released a great article right at the beginning of December, that Atlanta is posting faster price increases than any other major metro city in the United States. And that's just inflation as a whole, the unemployment rate down to 2.4%, which is as good as pretty much any metro area out there. And then you take a look at housing economy and, and it continues to just blow the rooftop off, if you will, no pun intended of what's going on. At rent, and I know you just did some renewals yourself, rent is up 24% year over date in the Atlanta marketplace. And then 
you take a look at what's going on in the community here, we're now the number one market for investors buying mm. homes. So 32% of the homes purchased in Q3 of 2021 was by investors, wow. not by consumers. The sad part of that is it drives up prices and mm -hmm. unfortunately affects home affordability. But compared to 40 other metro markets, the investors are continuing to look at hot Atlanta, as we like to call it here, normally during the summer. But now we're doing that for the housing market and the economy. And, you know, as we were closing out 2021, that the number one problem we have is no inventory. Right. You know, we've we've had constraints on new for sale. We've had constraints on the amount of rentals that are available, that new construction market. I mean, this historic low inventory is, is really causing a challenge for consumers to get into mm -hmm. a home that are out there. I mean, it's definitely a seller's market. Through October of last year, Carol, we saw 10% more homes sold than through October of 2020. So we wow. thought we were going to see a slowdown. It didn't happen. But dollar volume, 30% through October compared to through October of 2020. 30% 30, 30 so higher? 30% higher. The residential detached listings, the sales price on average is up 20% compared to October of 2020. And even the attached market, which we know was constrained and people were concerned about COVID and living in close quarters, it was up 13% on the average sales price compared to 2020. So people were still looking at those type yeah. of markets that are out there. And, you know, at FMLS, we, we help people transact real estate. That's what we do. And through October, we did $34 billion. That's $8 billion over through October of 2020. So if you look at that, that 30% increase, I mean, $8 billion more in right. the same nine-month period is insane. Well, I mean, that's wow. just blowing yeah. our minds. Oh, you know, and some people listening are going to say, bubble, bubble, bubble. It's a real estate bubble. But you know, it's supply and demand, right? When you have less of it, but it's in uh, demand, absolutely. people pay more. I mean, that's economics 101. I passed that class, so I know that. Yeah, most but, people yeah, haven't. <laughs> most people drop that class and go to the history of rock instead I'm hey that's a that's probably a more fun class well talk a little bit more i guess i'm still trying to wrap my head around the october 32 percent of homes sold went to investors so are these investors that are going to fix these houses up and sell them or are they going to fix these houses up and rent them or are they i mean what what does that investor look like where do you see that part of this market going well, a lot of that was fueled by what we call the iBuyer. I wondered and about that too. Yeah. So so the iBuyer that's out there, and we have a huge iBuying marketplace in Atlanta where a lot of people who want to sell their home quickly will take slightly less money for it and get out the door. Say they're relocating out of the city for a job. Mm -hmm. They don't want to list it. So they take an instant offer. A lot of times those instant offers are sold to investors as portfolios or the instant offer company themselves buys it, renovates it, and flips it, you know, roughly 30 days. And I live in Alpharetta, as you know, two doors down, there is an instant offer uh, for sale right now. Same situation, they had to get out of town to relocate for a new job. And so they, they sold it at a lesser value, slightly mm -hmm. lesser value. But if you're looking at the news out there, Carol, I'm sure you saw that Zillow made some big yeah. splashes that they are selling off much of their iBuying portfolio 
And a lot of that is in Atlanta. Their headquarters for Ibiana is actually in the perimeter here in Atlanta. And they've sold a lot of that over to investors. But there's a new wave that people really don't talk about too much, which is new construction being built for the purpose of renting. You have college campuses with sometimes you might be now uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with dorms, but the growth in our colleges like Kennesaw State is massive for the attendance that they have. The problem that they have is housing all the students there. So you have investors willing to buy up full tracks of new constructions and portfolios and then lease those out to college students. And with rents up 24% year over year, you can see where the investment opportunity is there. And that's something that's going on. Another trend out there as we talk about home affordability is there are some companies buying properties that consumers can't afford, leasing them to consumers for two years and allowing that lease to build up their down payment Mm -hmm. and fix their credit. So the lease moves into a purchase. So the leasing company, yeah, is, is providing a way for home affordability. And there's quite a few companies that are growing in the marketplace and doing that. And it helps you repair credit. It helps you Mm -hmm. get your down payment and it helps you go from a lease to ownership. And they provide a set of services for that. And we have brokers in our local marketplace that are doing that. You know, the challenge, like you said, inventory is I looked at the stats pre COVID. Our median days on market was 25. And we had about three months of supply of inventory, which is a healthy but still seller's market. Our inventory now is right at a month. And our median days on market is eight. Eight. It dropped down to five in the summer. And it's just at eight. And so those homes (laughs) are being sold just as fast as you put the sign. And that's the entire market area, all price ranges, all property types. That's the entire market range on the median, which is insane. Because we've had some big sales. We've had an $18.1 million sale. We've had two $15.5 million sales. There have been some very big sales that really those haven't been on the market like we've seen in the past. Yeah, it's just so crazy and so hot and, and absolutely the opposite of what we all predicted when COVID broke out, right? So, you know, absolutely. clearly our industry is blessed. Do you have any stats I keep hearing over and over and over again about people who are like, well, you know, I bid on this house, but the person who got it bid $85,000 over offer price. What is the average, you know, percentage over offer that's being being it's, offered out there right now? Do you know? It, it's dropping, actually. We're seeing less multiple offers on the same home. Okay. So your average sale versus list price for all of FMLS is about 102%. Now, if you look at a much smaller buy box and you get rid of those very high-end homes that are out there, you know, you're looking at five to seven percent average sales price over the list price. Okay. But we're seeing that as we go into Q4 of, of 2021, heading into what we're now at in the new years, we've seen it soften. Hmm, it hasn't okay. stopped, it hasn't dropped, it's just softened a little bit. But there is some eye. Yeah, you can't be crazy forever, right? Well, it can't be crazy forever. And typically in Atlanta, we do have a little bit of a drop in sales in the fall and in the winter. And then we boom again in the spring. So I suspect we're seeing, you know, some people who just don't want to be, you know, cooking the Thanksgiving turkey and shopping for, you know, the holidays and taking down the tree and all those things that we do that are, you know, family oriented. It's taking time away from family to be home shopping. You know, not a great time to buy year round, but it's just, you know, a little bit of a quieter market. It's it's more difficult to show when you're in the mm-hmm. holiday season and people are kids are in school, families want to have a couple of months into that 
family mode. They don't want to be showing their home when they've got all their decorations out there. And it's hard to stage your home. But quite frankly, we've not seen the seasonal drop that we've normally seen pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, November, December, January slows down. We've seen it soften, but not to the level that we've normally seen, which we would call seasonality from that perspective. Right. It's it's remained stronger than we expected from a data perspective. You mentioned uh, or touched on one small slice of the new home construction market. Yeah. Uh, go, let's widen the lens a bit. Tell us more what you're thinking there in terms of new home construction, period. Uh, any stats you can share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have more national builders that have come into the Atlanta marketplace. Atlanta is a huge relocation city. If you take a look at the U-Haul one-way rates and rentals, a lot of them are coming to the state of Georgia. It's a good way to track where people are moving from and to and leaving, you know, some of those areas like California, maybe they were still scared about the population and COVID or the restrictions or the cost of living as their housing has increased substantially as well from that perspective. But the challenge here, Todd, is that they're developing between 350K and a million dollars. That's the normal development. And that is not within the normal home affordability buy box of many of our buyers out there. When you're talking at 350K gets you the bare minimum of new construction and you have to go furnish it in its entirety usually and add in some more expenses there. It's still a challenge for affordability. And as as you all know, Carol, being here in Atlanta, there's a, not a lot of land opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, in and around Atlanta that is left to build up those new track homes. But I think we're still seeing some issues that new construction is still 20% below what it was pre-COVID. It's going up, but we still have over 80,000 units of a housing deficit compared to inventory. And pre-COVID, we had about a 5,000 unit deficit. So we're still at 80,000 plus unit deficit on new construction on inventory versus demand. And we're going to see some more softening of inventory available in new construction. But as you all know, too, the cost of labor is up. And the cost of materials continues to be up and inflation is, is problematic. And so a lot of our new builders are just not building as many as fast because of the constraints they're mm-hmm. running into. And the permits that we have today to get, it's a little slower than it used to be. And they're more expensive to get as well. And so the new home you buy today will be the cheapest new home you ever buy because that new home is going to be more expensive, but we're seeing resale be a more affordable opportunity versus new home construction, because that average sales price for new home construction for an identical model is a little bit more because of the cost of materials and permits and the process. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that a lot of the challenges that you know, the new home building market had pre-COVID are still there. You know, you look at the government regulations and you look at the time to develop lots and you look at the limited amount of land and you look at the cost to develop lots and it just goes on and on and on and on. And, you know, COVID certainly didn't do anything to speed any of those problems up, right? It right. just kind of magnified those problems. So we still have, we have all this incredible demand now and we still have the problems we had two years ago. So that'll be interesting to see. Ready to take the next step in becoming a homeowner? New American Funding can make it happen. New American Funding is a nationally recognized direct lender for residential home loans. 
Real estate agents and builders love New American Funding because of their in-house processing, 14 business day close guarantee, and the servicing of their loans. They will work tirelessly to help you achieve home ownership, backed by thousands of five-star reviews from their customers and with convenient branch locations. More and more residents trust them to close their loans on time. Call New American Funding at 678-898-3540 to start your home buying journey today. Looking forward to the rest of this year, you know, what are your predictions for 2022? I'm not going to claim to be an economist. I like to read the data that I have. And, you know, if I had that crystal ball, I would be sitting on the beach in seashells <laughs> right now, Carol. But I, I would say from the reports we're seeing from the economists that are out there, some great ones like Lawrence Yoon, who's the National Association of Realtors Economists, just gave a report a couple of weeks ago in San Diego. They're really talking about a little bit of a plateau, but not a crash. We've been in a bear market, and I think the inventory is going to be continuously constrained, and that's a supply and demand problem. We don't have the inventory we need. We have a lot of people relocating to Atlanta. Interest rates are at continue to be all-time lows, and so we might see a little bit of the softening compared to 2021, but it's still going to be hot Atlanta from a housing market perspective. And I think it's going to take some time for all of these factors to settle out. And, you know, a lot of people are moving because they're working from home. So now you need a home office and you still have some kids schooling from home part time. So you need a bigger house for their space. You need high speed Internet. You've got multiple people like us sitting here doing Zoom right now. And so people still have different housing needs than they had pre-COVID. And many of those companies are staying remote or hybrid. And so they're Mm -hmm. looking for their various places. And, you know, I drive in inside the perimeter a few days a week to our office and the traffic is not what the traffic was pre-COVID still here in Atlanta, which means that people are working from home continuously when a lot of people have opened their doors back up. So I think 2022 is going to be healthy for the housing economy and it's going to be healthy for our brokers and agents. The downside is it's going to continuously be constrained on housing affordability and making that American dream possible for consumers and home ownership uh, from that perspective. Any Looking ahead to the balance of 2022, uh, anything else really concerning you? I mean, as we record this, the big debate is, is inflation still transitory? Right? So we'll have to see how that all shakes out. Uh, inventory is an issue. Uh, affordability, as you just mentioned, is an issue. Anything other any other big concerns? I mean, I think the trend is still largely pretty good, but anything really concerning you that we ought to be paying attention to? Well, I, I think the unknown, and I think a lot of the unknown is going to surround um, taxation, mm-hmm. be it federal, be it state, be it local, like sales tax to support the government and the schooling needs that are out there, and that being personal or being corporate. You know, if you have your investors buying 30% of your market up, Those investors are going to hit with corporate taxation. If you have some of the higher end salary earning families out there, dual income families, they may see an increase on taxation on top of that combined with what we would think that are going to happen with interest rates going up a little bit. But Todd, it's an unknown. 
It's an unknown what our total taxation is going to be. Uh, there's a lot of great movements out there to build better infrastructure, but there's a lot of money that we owe out there for income tax credits that have hit that people are taking advantage of today that might go those back in April when they file their taxes. So the unknown scares me and concerns me from an economic perspective. The good news, I think Atlanta's in, in a great metro position compared to a lot of other metro areas. And the businesses here are growing on a lot of segments. You know, our, our media industry, our movie industry continues to grow in Georgia and is really helping the local economy here. And so to your point, We've got the inflation. We've got the concerns about that and a slight increase may be coming down on interest rates. But I think the unknown of taxation is a big concern. And really for us, home affordability is the top concern because mm -hmm. we really want to help our brokers and agents get consumers into homes, get them what they need, get them to the American dream. And our biggest concern is how do we keep doing that in 2022, provide tools, software and services. You know, we provide down payment resource products that the agents and brokers can help the consumers find assistance with down payment, be it the lease to own, be it governmental programs that are out there. And so that's a big concern for us at FMLS is home affordability. And we had we help those brokers and agents move homes for those consumers that are really on the cusp of can they afford to get in or not. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about technology. I know we've talked about Remind a couple of times on the show, but my understanding is that Remind was acquired by some of the top tier MLSs last year. Talk about how that changes. How does that help? How does that change? What does that mean? Well, it's kind of a big splash in the MLS perspective news, but I think what some of the listeners not, might not be so mindful of is the private equity money that's coming into what we call prop tech, which is real estate technology, software services, platforms. It can be brokers that are very virtual. It can be software that the agents use to help a consumer close on a home. It can be all of those types of services that are out there. Private equity is buying up those companies left and right. Mm -hmm. And it is just insane how much merger and acquisition activity are going on with mega private equity companies that have their sights set on prop tech, which is the world we live in. And the challenge for FMLS, and we have seen it firsthand, is as we partner with a lot of technology products and services, Remind being one of those, so we can help the brokers and agents find the properties, close the deals, write the transactions, et cetera. And some of our products and services have really tanked, and we've had to change those out. And the source of that is that you take a locally owned company that cares about your business and is responsive to your needs, and they sell out to a private equity firm who only cares about profit and loss, and they'd like to flip their investment in two years and get their profits out of it. And so for them, customer service is not the first thing they think of. They think of, let's book the revenue, let's squeeze the profits. And what happens is the agent on the street who's been using that product goes from a great product to a product that's not even available sometimes because they can't keep the lights on in, in the data room, if you will, if we were back in the day where someone didn't pay their cloud bill for hosting. And so we, with some other like-minded MLSs, were having similar experiences, Carol, where the products we provide are not to the enterprise class that they used to be because of the private equity activity. And so we combined forces with Miami, Austin, and Kansas City, 
and looked out in the technology space and what our agents are using and decided to form a holdings company and acquire Remind. And so we have a holdings company that we've created, MLS Technology Holdings LLC, that is wholly owning Remind, and we're all investors in that holding company. So it puts us back in the driver's seat. So we as investors can control the destiny of the products and services our brokers and agents are using. And, you know, to give you just one brief statistical aspect of Remind's product is the transaction management platform we provide allows agents to write their listing agreements and their purchase agreements. That platform is doing over 100,000 transactions a month with at least one e-signature. That's 100,000 consumers a month, and it's growing. We hit over 125,000 in one month at the peak. And the last thing that we need is instability or a lack of innovation in that product because someone needs to increase their share of their equity half a percent. And I like to call it the pretty woman effect. And this has been my analogy out there. As you have all of these shipyards bought up and sold off in pieces, and unfortunately, it's not creating products anymore. In our world, that's prop tech. You buy up a large company with a lot of divisions and you start to sell them off and piece them out. And unfortunately, we've seen that. And so this is our way to help control the highest little of products and services and availability for our brokers and agents, because the last thing we need is them sitting in front of a consumer wanting to write a purchase and sell agreement, and they can't do it because the software's not working and there's no one to answer the phone. And so we've really taken back and controlled our destiny with that. And we're not the only MLSs that are doing that. There's six or seven other groups of MLSs that are also doing very similar activities because they're having very similar experiences with some of the products that they've have and loved and the agents loved, and now they're not what they used to be. Either they're not reliable or they're no longer keeping up with the times. And as we've seen time shift with COVID, you know, we've seen us go from in-person training to since COVID doing over 30,000 CE accredited trainings via Zoom. Our agents and brokers need the innovative technologies for the unknown, the unknown of COVID today, the unknown tomorrow. And we need to pick up the phone and say, hey, we need virtual showing. How do we do virtual showings? How do we get it in the product and the platform? And so I'm happy to say with this acquisition of Remind and this investment's given us the chance to be there and to have the ability to continue to serve our brokers and agents. And I mean, we were formed in 1957 to help the brokers transact real estate, and that's still our goal today. And we want to keep doing that. And so Remind was strategic in ensuring we control a level of destiny for the brokers and agents and the products they use. And you know, Carol, they don't like a lot of change. The last thing we need to do is keep changing products on them day after day that they get used to and get comfortable with. Yeah, it has been uh, quite fascinating to observe how the pandemic has impacted real estate technology. And I think we're still in early days to to see how this continues to shake out. And uh, I think it's largely a really good and exciting thing to, to be seeing happening. And no surprise to us that you guys are on top of that and continuing to be sure that you're you're serving your target market there, so uh, be fun to see how that continues to to play out. All right, well, Jeremy, gosh, we need to get rolling on 2022, so we're going to let you go. Before we do, however, should anyone need to connect with you and learn more about FMLS, where do they go? They can simply go to fmls.com if they're interested in learning more about the Remine acquisition. We've got a website up called abettermls.com that talks about the pros of 
doing the acquisition that we did alongside of many other MLSs, but FMLS.com, and they can always reach me directly, Jeremy at FMLS.com to get more information or to learn how to use the services, to get into training or find out what's coming new down the road. All right. Jeremy Crawford, the president of FMLS. As always, sir, great to uh, have you. Thanks for your time and your insights. Yeah, thank you all so much. Again, Happy New Year to you all and Happy New Year to all of our great listeners. Happy New Year to you as well. All right. Well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. That is all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.